Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, episode 46. See what I did there? Did you jump ahead? Did you hear last week that we stopped doing seasons? If you don't know why, go back and listen to episode 45 where I give an explanation as to why we have cut out the idea of seasons and we are into episodes. So episode 46. And today we are discussing buying and selling an OT clinic. As my next guest so aptly said in this interview, mm, is that even a thing? Have you seen any OTs buy and sell businesses? Not a lot, especially when you are newer, as this next guest was. As she mentions, and all of us can recognize when a chiropractor buys and sells a business or a dentist, yeah, we've seen that. Why does it still feel mm, more strange or like not a thing for OTs? This podcast is to talk about the selling of a clinic and the acquisition of a clinic. And also, it's our story. It doesn't have to be daunting or out of your league or complex. This is the story of how I sold my bricks and mortar company, Spring OT, to my friend, Nicole, and colleague, obviously. And while this isn't a typical sales and acquisition story, it's still a really great one to tell you. I want you to see the value in it and start a spark. Even if you're nowhere on this journey, start a spark of, yeah, it's a thing. And additionally, things can be done, even if you don't know how they're going to get done. So many of us approach our OT businesses knowing we want to start it and we want to grow it. One solution there is to hustle and grind and sweat and keep going, da da, da or to acquire a business. That is typically something people do more in the scale phase. And in this particular story, it is more in the start and grow phase. 
on the other side is my story, which is I have a business. I wanted an exit strategy so that I could focus on this one thing, my next thing. And, you know, I'm not some like swishy fancy pants that like, you know, has a MBA and a finance commerce degree that knew how to do it. Neither of us knew how to do this. We knew that we wanted to make it happen. So our next guest, Nicole, now has a leg up. What did she buy? She bought systems. She was able to transition out of her job and into a private practice. I was able to transition out of company and get cash and hand it to somebody that I like, know, and trust and focus on this business. I joined Mastermind, more on this later, and parts of the profit of the sale of Spring OT, I've invested back into more coaching. That's what I did with it. And what Nicole has done with it is she is now past the start phase. She's past the nitty gritty. She's past a lot of that hustle. She is on the road to 100K. She will be joining either this cohort or the next cohort, but she has a base from which to grow and time and ease. And for me, it's like my first baby has found a loving partner. This is the story of our sale. I'm very excited to introduce you to Nicole McLean. Welcome, Nicole. Hi, Trish. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You, I, I can see you. Others can't. And you don't look too crazed at this point in time. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully the answers come easily and clearly as I talk. <laughs> well, I meant for somebody that's also taken over a clinic. Yes. Like you don't look like you're ready to pull your hair out and we're like feeding everybody a line of this is such a swell, amazing thing. Maybe in a few weeks. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said in the intro, you and I are friends and, you know, we have a format. We're going to kind of follow a loose structure. It's not going to be the typical format of a typical podcast that we do and that's fine. So I want you to quickly get into the headspace, Nicole, of what life was like before you purchased Spring OT, life in terms of personal and professional? Hey, well, I have been an OT for 25 years and I've always worked in sort of public sector professional, you know, jobs in terms of with hospitals, with clinics. And most recently in the last 15 years, I worked in school care. So I was a school OT and especially in the last seven, I worked for the Calgary Board of Education. So it was a great job, loved my colleagues, loved being part of a team, but it started to feel like I was on a wheel that kept spinning and spinning. And there was no place to move up to. There was no place to sort of have more of a creative outlet. And as I know you talk about a lot, there was no chance for an increased pay. I was at the top of the pay scale when I came into that job and there was no nothing above. And even starting to mingling talks of decreasing our hourly rate because we were in a public sector job. So those kind of three things really started to feel like I wasn't going anywhere. And the thought of, I have probably 15 years to go and the thought of continuing on this same wheel for another 15 years felt really daunting and not very fulfilling. Yeah, that's such a great answer. I do want to mention, because I think there's some people that are thinking this, what about management? And you tried management. How, how did that fit? 
I did try management. So I tried management actually before I went into, started with Calgary Board of Education. And that was, that's a natural place for OTs to go. And I personally did not enjoy it at all all. I didn't know you were going to get that honest. Thank you so much. Yeah. This is why you and I met. Like you and I met because I said in the intro that you were my boss and you and I were colleagues and then you became my boss. And I remember again, like I just love getting into the moment and like watching this and getting real about how this was because that's what the people that are listening to the pod want. And I remember watching you get that position and thinking, of course, like, Obviously, it wasn't a vote, but it right. was, I would have voted right. for you. I was like, "Yes, Nicole should be." Yeah. The, you know, yeah. what was your title again? The manager, manager, I, manager of clinical services yeah, for like occupational that. therapy. But I, was I can't like, even remember. I know I'm going to report to you, and you report to the big boss, and I am super happy to be reporting to Nicole. So right. that was like from the outside experience. So you're right; it felt like the next thing, and then, and then it just wasn't my. You know, even when you say. You were my boss. That still to this day. I say it just feels, to get a bit of a rise. I think right? it's hilarious. <laughs> but it still feels so strange to me because it, yeah. I never felt that way. I think what attracted me to management was being a mentor. I had a lot more experience than the people I was working with. And the idea of sharing clinical knowledge and giving them ideas and having them, you know, I, I was at that stage in my career where things started to become a little easier for me in terms of you get out to a school, you know what to do. It's all there. You're just kind of going with it. And I wanted to share that with people. And what unfortunately turned out to be a management job actually involved very little of that kind of mentorship. And it was very, very administrative heavy. And I just found myself filling out forms and somewhat micromanaging people in terms of what time they were arriving and what time. And it just, it just became too administrative and not clinical enough. And so I found myself, what I thought was going to be a little bit of clinical and a little bit of administrative took me all the way out of clinical, which I feel is my, you know, my shining, my shining point, you know, in terms of my career is that clinical involvement. And I just felt like I had none of that. So when the job at the Calgary Board of Education came up, it was a chance for me to re-enter that clinical world. And I am so thankful that I did, because without the last seven years, there is no way I could be sitting in this seat right now. What a great segue. Before, oh my gosh, I should go on that line, but I just really want to go back to the management thing for one second. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though you knew you wanted more And at that point, management looked like the only next step available. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, at the time, for sure. I remember thinking that way, too, when I was in the Mm -hmm. hospitals. I was like, well, of course, one day I'm going to be a manager because I want more. And like you've used the words creative. You've talked about pay. You've talked about the next 15 years and, you know, mentorship. And you've talked about what you want out of it. But I think, again, I want people listening to say, like, you don't even need those descriptors. You can just say... Oh, yeah, I want more. And Mm -hmm. in the traditional system, it's like, well, Nicole's one of the best of the bunch. Clearly, she's going to be the manager. And then you're like, really? Parking spaces? Really? Yes. (laughs) No. Yes and no. (laughs) Yes and no. That's funny. I'll just add a little funny tidbit into that because one of the things I actually 
hated about my management job was, and this is going to sound so crazy, but I think a lot of OTs will appreciate this. I drove from my car in my garage to a parking garage, took an elevator up to a desk, sat at my desk and did the whole thing over. And there were so many days where I didn't even go outside. I didn't walk around. I didn't move my body. And it just felt really, yeah, it just felt really stuck and stifling in that sense. But I did get a a parking space. I was going to say, I remember watching you driving underground. I was like, dang it all. (laughs) Jelly gels of that one, I got to say. But no, it's true. And the way we even, like, your seniority is not the issue. But in terms of even the way that you and I interacted was, like, I had to knock on the door. Right. And then, right. And again, I'm in full deference. I'm fine. I don't need you to be considered my equal. I know I was what the org chart looked like, but it was also like knock, 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 and then poking your head in. Hey, do you have a second? And it was more static. It was more of a box. Some days I wasn't even sure if you were there and you were a killer manager. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I'm glad we took this little side trip into management because, again, I want people that are listening to go like, ooh, that's resonating with me. And, you know, you're right. Okay. So, Way back when, I can't get my month straight, but I think it was like around November, December-ish. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley? As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, Amazing. I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. You dropped me an email or a DM. And what did it say? So I had taken on a couple of private clients after work. (laughs) So after, you know, worked all day and then after work, I worked some more. And so I had taken that on because I was really starting to feel like there's got to be something else. And so I thought that would be perhaps a good segue into what does the private world look like? And so I took on a couple of clients and I really enjoyed it. I really loved working with families. I really loved going to their homes and teaching and getting to know kids in a real one-to-one sense. And I also felt like, hey, I'm pretty good at this. You know, I'm a pretty confident, I think, person, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to my therapy skills or mm-hmm. my skills as an OT. And I thought, I wonder what this would look like if I did more? What if I took on more clients? What if I actually looked at having my own private practice? What would that look like? And I knew you had gone into the coaching realm and, you know, had lots of knowledge about what that looked like because you'd already done it for five years. And now you had done so well at it that you came into the coaching realm. And I thought she'd be the best person to reach out to because she knows what this looks like. So yeah, I dropped you a Facebook messenger, I think, and just reached out and said, hey, can we connect? And just wanted to, I didn't even know where to begin. Do I need a website? Do I put my name out there? But then you're also like, do I want 
to quit my full-time job. I was so, I was just in this place of, I have actually no idea what I want to do. I just feel like I need to talk to somebody about it. So. Perfect. And then, as I mentioned in the intro, you know, those who listen to the podcast often will hear the fist on the table moment. I had like the revelation of the shower moment because <laughs> we had set something up. Yes. Right? I was like, oh yeah, let's talk about it. And I don't know if you want to hire me or maybe we have lunch because we've known each other forever. Um, and then I was like, oh my goodness, I have a clinic that Nicole could buy. And so I want to get into relationships a little bit further mm-hmm. along in this podcast. But so we get on this phone call and what was it like when I said, hey, I have kind of this crazy idea. Like, what was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was, what? (laughs) Is this even a thing? Does this happen in the OT world? You know, it's so funny because with physios and I had a friend who was an osteopath and this whole buying a clinic thing, they did that. And when you said that, I was like, I just, is that even a thing? I don't even understand how that would work. But I have to say, I was extremely honored. Mm-hmm. I felt really like, could I do that? You you think I would be, you know, a good person to do that? So I was very flattered, very honored. And also, I almost feel like my eyes just went from like half open to like this boom, like full open, whoa, this just got, went to a whole new level that I was definitely not expecting. In a good way? or In a good way. way. In a good okay. way, for sure. So you, In a good way. Because what I, I was, saw was you did definitely lean into it. Mm-hmm. I think I saw your eyes actually get bigger now that I'm thinking of it because it was a Zoom call we had. It was yeah. still kind of covid right? Yes. So it was a Zoom call even though we live in the same city. And yeah. So let's talk about that for a second because do you think that's who you are? Or do you think it's because things had gotten so miserable that you were looking for an out? Or do you think you were like terrified, but let's sniff around it? Like what, again, is it nature? Is it nurture? Is it the offer? Like what, tell me more. Well, I think, I think timing was actually a huge part of it as well. There was a few, you know, sort of pieces in, you know, my personal life and my family life that just felt like I could be ready for this next step. And so I think if, for instance, if we had had that conversation a year earlier, I potentially would have been like, no way. <laughs> I am not there. I'm not ready. That kind of thing. But I think it was it was definitely a timing thing. And I do think there was a lot of fear initially, but I also felt like, wow, this could really be what I'm looking for. And the idea that, you know, my husband and I have these sort of these dreams and these visions for the future. And it, and it almost seemed to plop right into that, so to speak, like it just fell right in. And and I think the question for me was, am I ready for this? Mm. This definitely sounds like an amazing opportunity, but am I ready? I think that was my initial real reaction when I checked my, you know, almost that gut check. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Mm to take this jump, but I'm really interested. So what got you to take the jump? Because everybody's been there. Heck, I was there on the weekend. For, for, <laughs> sure. for sure. Not for this podcast. Right. You know what I mean, like, do I really want to keep jumping to the next level? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a few things came together. I really, you know, I've heard your interest so many times, but when you say, 
I had to get real with my finances. There was something that was really starting to, you know, my my oldest son is going to university in a year and a half. You know, we really like to actually feel like we're moving forward in our finances. And we just felt really stuck. Like, I feel like we've been on this sort of financial train of, you know, a little consumer debt, a little whatever. And then you just, you, you catch up and then, but you never actually feel like you're getting ahead. And I really felt like there's no option for me unless I work more. And so that just wasn't sticking, feeling right. And so I think that was a big piece. And I also feel like, again, I feel like I was getting pretty good at my job almost to the point where some days it felt almost, this is, I don't know, this is maybe going to sound weird, but it almost felt really easy and like too easy, or I was missing something like I wasn't as motivated as I'd been in the past. So I think the confidence piece in terms of where I was at as a therapist as well as finances, as well as where my family is at. My kids are older. They're both teenagers. They're very independent and feeling like, you know, I could, I could move into something that's maybe a little bit riskier that maybe pulls me out of a house at different hours that, so it was all of those pieces that kind of felt like, yeah, I think I can do this. And this does feel like the right time. But in saying that, it actually took me a while. <laughs> we can get to that part. Yeah, for we sure. are going to get to that part. Um, so I love this. And I'm hearing a lot of reflection. I'm hearing a lot of self-awareness, all these things that I know you have in spades. And I love how you've talked about, you know, it being a head decision and a gut decision. And the piece that I don't want to gloss over, because I think this piece can be observant in an OT at any stage of business, whether it's start, grow, or scale. And that is, I want more out of my Mm -hmm. career. I just do. And I think that's, I think that's nature. I just do. I mean, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until I was an entrepreneur. And I went, heck yeah. Yeah. And I used to have these dreams. I was like, gosh, maybe I should have gone into medicine and become a surgeon because I feel like I'm meant for more. And I know that sounds like something Lady Gaga would say is the star is born. And that's not what I mean, right? (laughs) But there is something... Because there are people in the world, believe it or not, Nicole and Trish, by the way, that don't constantly move the goalpost. Right. They're like, oh, this is easy? Great. Like, I know a lot of people that want to get to easy because then they're like, I can spend the next 10 years checking in and checking out before I spend more time in Mexico. And I'm not hearing that you're cut from that cloth. No. And I I do feel like most OTs, and again, not all of us, but there, and I love that, you know, that sort of whole idea of OT entrepreneurship makes so much sense because as OTs, it's such a vast and wonderful and diverse profession. And so I do feel like when you get in a box and you're, and you're comfortable and it's easy, it almost feels like OT is so much more than that. I don't know. It's kind of a weird sort of sense of there is more. And I think what's so amazing about our profession is that it actually exists without completely changing career paths. Yeah, me too. Right? So that you can look outside that box and there's actually all of these amazing opportunities Mm -hmm. that you didn't really realize were there. And I think knowing 
that as an OT was what led me to love this profession from the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Is that there's so much out there and there's so much opportunity. And so I think always knowing that about my career Mm -hmm. meant that when it presented itself, that opportunity, Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm in, right? That's so good. I love that. Okay. So let's get back a bit to the nitty gritty. So, you know, you talk to Brandon, you guys look at the family situation, you understand as you know, we're all beginning to understand that you don't actually accumulate wealth. And by that, I don't mean like, you know, a yacht. <laughs> I mean, like oh, getting ahead of debt, right? And we do have to, a canoe, Trish. We you do, do have a You canoe. do have a water vessel. <laughs> Fair enough. I ain't got no water vessel. So you knock your socks off. But you're right. Like you can't, I mean, you need assets. It's not about saving lattes. I love me some Dave Ramsey, but it's not about rice and beans. It's not about the latte factor. It's truly about, and you can't pay your way. You can't have take-home wages build wealth. So it's, you know, how do we get more to pay off the mortgage? How does this business itself act as an asset to our portfolio, right? right? Et cetera, et cetera. So with that, Nicole, what did you buy? So you bought Spring OT. In your words, what did you buy? So I have asked myself this, you know, a few <laughs> questions. A few times. I should have done a better I job, know. eh? <laughs> no. I've seen how my in- marketing failed. <laughs> you need to cut that out. <laughs> nope, we're keeping it in. Keep going. <laughs> Just in terms of because it's not, it's not stuff. Like it's not a product. It's all intellectual property and time. I think that is one of the biggest pieces that I have realized is the time and systems and organization factor. So I bought all of those things, but when you unpack it, I think it bought me five years worth of business development, logos and contracts and websites and social media pages and systems. The systems thing is huge you know, a software system and having all of those things in place, I recognized as I've been doing this for the last, you know, whatever, five months that I work so much more efficiently if I have a base level foundation of things to work off of. Interesting. I'm not a great creator from total scratch, but if you hand me a couple of things and say, here's kind of what it looks like, and then you can build off of that. I think that's where my skills are really put to good use. And I think that I've really understood that over the past few months. Whereas let's just say I had to create a logo on my own. I probably would sit here for hours being like, no, that's not great. That's, that's okay. I don't know if I like this, but the fact that you handed me this logo of which I have, you know, on the side of my desk here, and I look at it every day, I'm like, I love it. It's awesome. But I, I don't think I would come to that nearly as quickly or nearly as confidently if I was had to do it all on my own. So there's some elimination of that like real minutia, sweat, equity, mini decision blah that was yes. taken off. And so what I'm also hearing and trying to translate is it sounds as though not only in the way that you're the most productive, which is a huge piece, like I was never the person in school, I can relate to this, that was like, yeah, it's two days before this essay is due. Now's a great time for me to start it. I would have shut down. I needed to do it in chunks and then fine, I'll write it three days before, but open it up and be like, okay, this outline is not bad. Okay, Mm -hmm. good. I'm hearing that for you. Yes. And where's my daughter and son for the 
most part are like, yeah, we'll leave it. They're also teens, but you know what I'm saying. Um, They are more motivated by that and I am not. And also it's more of your zone of genius to start moving into executing strategy that already existed. Yes. Yeah. That's really good to know. Yes. And and I think too, for me, I needed to jump in pretty quickly. Mm. I don't feel like I would have gotten here to where I'm sitting now. I think it would have just taken a really long time. A for me, and I know we're going to talk about this, to let go of my full-time job and B to really get passionate and have as many ideas as I have and really quickly fall in love with private practice, essentially, right? I don't think that would have happened as quickly because I really, you know, we purchased it, you know, we went through all of the processes and then I was like hit the ground running, so to speak. And I feel like that really has pushed me much, much further than I think I ever would have done on my own. Isn't that great? That's so good. Yeah. So you've alluded to it a couple of times. So tell us about this job of yours, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) So I will say that I remember way back in September when, you know, we were getting everything sorted and everything was just about, yeah, just about signed. And you said, give them your two weeks, you'll have, you know, 15 to 20 clients, and then you can quit. And I was like, okay, so that's like end of September, maybe Thanksgiving and uh, Canadian Thanksgiving's in October. Yep. And Canadian Thanksgiving's in October. And I kept pushing it further and further ahead. No, I'm not ready. And I pushed it further ahead. Meanwhile, I was actually picking up some clients. So I was working you know, 8.30 to 4.30 and then having clients from 4.30 till 6.30, 7.30, whatever. Not every night, but it was starting to build up. Because the machine was there. The machine was there, exactly. Mm-hmm. You just had to turn it back on. Yeah. And so finally it got to November and I asked to go down to part-time, which was one day less a week. <laughs> to, <laughs> wow. To do Crazy. my whole Cutting private that. practice <laughs> on one day, which shockingly didn't work very well. So, and I just, I could not let go. Every time I walked into a school, I think to myself, I love this job. It's, it's great. I love the people. I love the kids. I know it so well. And again, I I don't want to say it's not an easy job, but it just, it flowed. It Mm. flowed and I didn't have to, it didn't exude a lot of figuring out what I was going to do that day and stress. And I mean, there was a little bit, but it just, it was a great job. And I kept going and going. And then the caseload, my private caseload just started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so the last three months in particular, January, February, March, I worked a lot, (laughs) all days at school, every day after school, on the weekends. And I just, I, and I could hear you in my head, Trish, say, <laughs> I could hear you saying, you got to let it go. You got to invest in what you've invested in, right? You've invested in this business and I had to put the time in, but it was scary. It's giving up the security, the financial security, and this, you know, seemingly, again, routine job that I did every day and not knowing where exactly it was going to go. And so what made you eventually leave? 
Well, I think I knew that I couldn't sustain Mm -hmm. this for much longer. And I really, I'm loving, I'm loving the private practice. I'm loving, you know, again, getting to know families and doing that piece. But I also really was getting super frustrated that I had no time. Mm -hmm. I have all these ideas. I have all these books. I have all these things, all these calls that I want to make. We haven't even sent out our were the new owners of Spring OT email. I thought you um, had. We did not. We oh, did I... we did for a very small amount of people. So okay, we did that's... for the most recent clients okay, list that you had. But there's a 500 plus person email list mm-hmm. and I haven't been able to send that out because I was too afraid of what would come back and I wouldn't have enough time and I'd be too overwhelmed. And so And then I started to get really frustrated and I actually started to, and I'm sure some of my colleagues might hear this, but I actually started to feel in my school care job that my time was being spent in a place that I was getting frustrated with Mm -hmm. because I was doing this job, which I loved, but there was so much other stuff to do for spring OT that I couldn't do that. I just felt like I'm waste. It wasn't a waste of time, but do you know what I mean? I'm not spending my time in the right place. And that became increasingly frustrating to the point where, you know, at 10 o'clock at night where I'm trying to do invoices or, you know, whatever it was, I was like, I can't sustain this anymore. And, Mm -hmm. and that almost more was a fist on the table moment for me. Like I need to stop. And, and, and I even said it to a few people and this almost, took me off guard, but also really made me take a step back. Cause I actually said to people, I think I'm close to burnout and I haven't even started my private practice yet, mm-hmm. which is not okay. Right. It's not a good, not a good place to be on well, the verge of so- burnout before you even start. Right. Yeah, that's a very unique niche. Right. Well, and I mean, your story isn't typical for how you started a private practice. And yet what's so fascinating about it, and I don't have any answers, but I find it so fascinating because I remember you coming back to me. You didn't need a ton of reassurance, but again, you're learning, you're using a new part of your brain. And I remember like opening up the spreadsheets again or like writing it on a piece of paper and be like, this is how many clients you can have in two weeks. Right. Like you need about 20 or 25 yeah. and you've matched your salary. And offer this and offer this and this is the price point and this package and this, that, and boom. And you've, you're going to have that. I mean, it's trickling in anyways. You're not even hustling from a marketing perspective. You're closing every call that comes your way. Right. And you have very little overhead because you're doing it mobile at this point. And why are you still scared? And so, again, it is not to say you wrong. Like, I just think that's a really interesting place for people to think about. So... If you're scared about starting, it's normal because Nicole was scared and she was handed more than she had, right? Like, it's like, just work this system because then you're going to be, you'll be done. Like, I think I remember saying to you, didn't we do some math where I was like, in three months? Yeah. Maybe you'll be, yeah, Yeah, you'll be making more than you were at school. For sure. For sure. So where are you now with all of that? I mean, you don't have to give numbers if you don't want to, but do you feel like... I mean, I know it's also pretty recent that you just finally let go of the job. Do you yes. feel like you are right on the cusp of that? Like the ease into the financial piece, the client piece? For sure. There? Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I'm right. I actually just redid my list today. I'm almost got 20 clients and that's with literally no marketing. 
whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People just calling and hearing, and there's a, you know all of the connections. Thankfully, I've made over the last ten years in Alberta, twelve years. People are referring me, and and all kinds of things like that. So it's hard for me to tell though because I am on day yeah. actually one. <laughs> It was supposed to be, go ahead and be honest. It was supposed to be Friday, but what did you do on Friday? It was a bold CEO move. Well, no, that was yesterday. So my last day at CBE was Friday, handed in my, handed in my computer. And yes, I did a bold CEO move yesterday, which is March 28th. And I took my very first day as a business owner, full-time business owner, and went hiking and to the Nordic spa with my closest friend and took the day off to just relax. And it was glorious. It was glorious. And I felt so privileged and felt so, yeah, it was just so great to have the freedom to do that, knowing I'm going to put in my time and knowing that I have put in my time over the last three months. So that was wonderful. But I think the financial piece is still where I struggle and I still don't know what that's going to look like, but I feel like I know it's going to come. I know it's going to come and I know I've already got a really great base and I, I've got so many different ideas and I almost feel like more so I got to like pare down and focus a little Mm -hmm. bit and, and make sure I don't spread myself out there too thin, but it's interesting because I think once I let go, it did feel like a huge relief in a sense, right? It did feel like I could let go and not have my brain essentially divided into, I don't know, 50 different things. And this feels sitting here at my, in my home office, you know, it feels just really comfortable. And I, I feel like I'm breathing better today, actually. Yeah. Context switching is the worst. I actually, so it's March break in my province and my daughter is away on a trip. She's 18. And listen, she's 18. Like she gets herself, like she's a pretty independent cat. She's leaving permanently in July, right? It's only a couple months away. And yet it's almost like somebody gave me a holiday, which is crazy because it's not like she's a toddler (laughs) or even child age. Like, you know, but it's that I get to turn that vigilance part of my brain off. Like I don't have to listen and I don't have to worry. And I don't think, is she up? And has she had a shower? And she eat enough vegetables? And yeah. So I understand that even without having two jobs. So a couple more questions. Did your worst fears come true yet? No, no. And in fact, the opposite, I feel like as I finally get my brain wrapped into this, that I think it's going to be really great. And I'm sure there will be moments of not so great. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be lots of moments of tears and not knowing and feeling overwhelmed, but at this stage, I feel really excited about what the opportunities mm-hmm. are ahead of me. And I, I'm not sure totally what those are or what those look like, but I'm really, I just feel really excited about it. You know, and, and definitely there's there's still that gut check of like, oh my gosh, do I know what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I think we all ask ourselves every day in every context, mom, you know, partner. OT, all of it. We always ask ourselves, do we know what we're doing? But I think, yeah, I think it's just an exciting place to be where you have the freedom to explore that. Mm-hmm. And, well, and you know, in. one of the things that there's two things that come to mind for that. And one is Stephen Covey said, what got you here won't get you there. Mm-hmm. So you kind of can't know. Like right. not, you can't. And you're, you can't eat an elephant. 
So even if you did know, even if you had all the business knowledge in the world and you could draw the world's most beautiful elephant or have the most beautiful strategic plan, like for example, you know, I want to have like a shark tank kind of situation for OTs to invest in OT businesses. That's like a three-year plan of mine. I don't know how to do that. Right. But I don't need to. Right. Exactly. But I I believe in that opportunity. There's another great um, Mel Robbins said, like, what if it all worked out? And I think you have solace in a base that you bought because you really bought a base and a system. And then you have that mindset Mm -hmm. of, yeah, this will work out. And I really think acknowledging the ups and downs of that, but those things are the ones that I constantly come back to and I'm hearing from you as well. Right. And I'm also, I have to say, again, I think OTs are, you know, just inherently wonderful people because I got so much encouragement. I was really blown away by the amount of people who were so proud of me and so excited for me and knew that I was going to, this was going to be great for me. And I don't think anyone expects that, but when you receive it and it comes in waves, it was pretty awesome to, you know, I didn't have one person kind of go, oh, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. You know, not even remotely anybody who gave me that kind of reaction. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people almost went like, "Uh, yeah, of course you're doing this, (laughs) right? Like it was almost one of those things, like if anyone's going to do this, Nicole, it was going to be you. Um, And so that was very reassuring and not that I totally rely on what other people think of me, but it's wonderful to have that kind of encouragement from people you know and trust in the profession who see what you're capable of, right? Mm -hmm. So that was really great too. You know, that brings me to a point that I want to talk about. And then I have our last question. You know, I recently gave a marketing masterclass and I told people very from the outset, this is not about social media hacks. This is not about reels. This is not about like top 10 tips of marketing. This is a system and a foundation that you can come back to again and again in a framework. And I think people's eyes gloss over a little bit when I talk about relationships or direct outreach. And this entire story has been about relationship. The entire thing. Like, I had no idea when I was, and like, when I met you, I had just split up. I was like solo parenting. I didn't even have, remember, you had to sign me off on my, like, yes, "Yes, Trisha's done enough supervision hours. And you're like, you graduated ahead of me. I'm like, oh my goodness. And like, (laughs) you know, great. But at no point am I thinking, you know, what's a really good idea is to just like suck up to Nicole because eventually, (laughs) like, no, it's not that at all. And you're like, you're right. OTs are really great people. And so I recognize that when people think of, I don't mind putting this alternative, this is how I sold and you bought a clinic into the universe because I think so many of these things happen like this. So many of these things happen organically. And if I put out a podcast that was like, here are the top five ways to sell your clinic. I mean, that would get earballs, but we're not doing a disservice by showing that there's another way. Mm-hmm. And really what it comes down to is relationship building, relationship building, relationship building, and opportunity. For sure. And I remember even you saying to me, I could sell this to LifeMark or wh- whoever. I could sell this to a lot of different people, but I don't want to mm-hmm. because it, and it is, it's about relationship. It's about some of those deeper connections And I think that I've always said in all of my jobs and in life, it's all about relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you build into people, the more opportunities that you're going to see 
And this is the story of Spring OT, right? Is the more you put it out there, the more you connect with people, the more you take risks, the more you just say, I was thinking of you in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) A little awkward, but yes, true. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, you know, and that's how these things evolve. And I think that's what makes it so amazing, right? That's Mm -hmm. what makes these stories and these opportunities so great. Last question. Would you buy another clinic if the opportunity arose in 10 years and somebody said, hey, Nicole, do you want to expand Spring OT and buy my clinic over here too? Maybe. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if it was fit in the right, we have a lot of different ideas about where we want this to go. And if it fits within that, I think, yeah, for sure. We've often talked about expanding and and going into all these different, not too many different, but a few different areas. As you know, Brandon has a lot of experience in the sort of quote unquote disability sector as well. So we have lots of different, yeah, just different visions. So that expansion and bringing it out to one thing I will say is I do feel like this private practice, I'm hoping will look a lot different than others. I don't think we're going to just stop at therapists providing services to families. I think we would like to do a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. So there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of different things that may come our way. So if there's a chance that something like that would come up again and it fits in our vision, then for sure. I love it. So, you know, growth by acquisition is not typically a startup story. And yet I love it that you can already see how it plays into more impact. Mm-hmm. for what you for want to sure. do in the world. Yeah. Ugh, so. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you, Trish. You're welcome. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time.